Is there anything that would support your practice? Anything that would be beneficial for your resting and relaxing into today's practice? That uh, last reading was, <coughs> it was, it seemed to describe a level of consciousness that's beyond my imagining, infinitely far away from where I am today. And I'm trying to reconcile that with the Tibetan saying that enlightenment is closer than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Um, because the, I believe what you're referring to is small moments many times. I mean, that's another way of, of, of describing these small moments of awakening that we have over and over again. And that the cultivation of freedom is simply weaving those moments together, not forgetting them. And there are, there may be these experiences of expansiveness that arise. And really, it's like the, um, the landscape of feelings, thoughts, the breath, the body. There are times in which that's not what is arising in this moment. And really, no judgment around that. Simply, the invitation is to be present for what is there. And if, mm, if the if the pull to something that is beyond even this experience arises, just to be aware of that. And that, as I mentioned in the beginning, that's not necessarily the destination. That's just to um, point the way that all things are possible to arise in this moment, but not to be attached to any single one. Because in the attachment, the second noble truth arises. <laughs> I think, which is suffering. I think I understood a long time ago that getting rid of my responsibilities in life would do nothing to create freedom, that I could perfectly well bind myself and probably would more securely in the absence of them. But I have the opposite, sort of the converse question that rises repeatedly. Can I have a, a large degree of freedom? Not just a little, but a lot of freedom with my responsibilities, mm. with keeping them. In other words, I know it's not sufficient to get rid of responsibilities and attachments in life, but right. is it necessary? Right. The Buddha, when he fully awakened, did not withdraw from the world. He was right in it. And, um, and that's the whole trajectory of his teachings is not to withdraw or create a different world that's arising, but to be fully engaged. And in that engagement is the possibility of freedom. Because as we push away certain things, or as if, if we, um, if we are even subtly aversive to either the responsibilities or the life that's arising, 
then there's actually some attachment to changing the moment for what it is. I remember um, I was uh, having issues in my relationship as you know, all relationships do, all relationships have the 10,000 sorrows and the 10,000 joys encapsulated in that. And I asked uh, Ajahn uh, Jumnian, who is one of the Thai teachers that comes to Spirit Rock um, every two years, you know, how do, I, how do I create a situation in which I can practice and, and gain freedom? Because this is an obstacle for me, that, that it's taking time away from my retreat practice. And, and he looked at me and he said, that is your spiritual practice. Your relationship is your spiritual practice. And whether it's the relationship or whether it's the work or whether it's the um, householder obligations, that is our spiritual practice. And that freedom is um, so possible in all of those moments. Thanks for the question. Um, I think you've discussed this throughout the retreat, but um, I'm still kind of running into this problem. Um, when I focus and really concentrate um, in being still and having a settled mind, uh, even though I don't believe I'm sleepy and tired, um, I kind of fall asleep. And I can't tell, even if I'm physically not tired, what I'm supposed to do about that. Because then I like awake and I'm... I'm not sure what I was like focusing on. I mean, I knew what mm. I was focusing on before I fell asleep, mm-hmm. but when I wake up, it's not like I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm doing. I know you always get the question if I'm doing something wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somehow I think falling asleep was, is not okay, <laughs> even when I'm not tired. <laughs> All right. So it's actually Sorry. an invitation of curiosity as to what's happening if the body's not tired and there's still these, um, this lack of clarity that sometimes mindfulness can, can and offer us. And so really to investigate that and um, one of the... Uh, and so when we talk about sloth and torpor, we're not just talking about sleepiness in the, in the body. We're often talking about this dullness in the mind and that, that even th- though the body's awake, the mind can be quite, you know, either it's like going through molasses or it just feels, you know, it doesn't feel very pinpoint or sharp. And so some of the exercises that you might try are to really refine the concentration, not to, uh, you know, I was talking about the dimensionality of mindfulness, not to keep it up here in the broad, uh, landscape, but really to pinpoint it down to, say, for example, I'll just take the breath, um, The where you feel the breath the most in the body. Like maybe it's the, the air just touching the upper lip, going into the nostrils. And then allow the, the mindfulness to just rest at that point and just follow the entire sequence, the entire length of the breath from that very um, focused point, sort of narrowing the bandwidth of, of, of mindfulness. Not to say that that's the only way to, cre- um, to practice mindfulness, but it actually can strengthen that capacity for your mind to be sharp. 
doesn't have to occur with a breath. It could occur with a physical touch point of the body. It could um, occur with a sound or the sounds as they come in and out of your consciousness. But really to play with, you know, um, if you feel that there's a, um, there's some quicksand in, in the mindfulness to really, you know, sort of um, strengthen those supports. And one of those supports is concentration. One more. Um, when moments of expansiveness such as seem to be described in the Radiant Sutras um, occur and they're not a result of drugs but maybe just after breakfast, um, what do you do then? <laughs> they, they, they pass away but they really are embedded rather brightly in the memory when after they occurred. And um, it's just a curiosity to me, what do you do then? The same thing that we've been inviting you to do over and over again. That And that's, I think, w- at least some we have been repeating um, throughout the retreat is that the invitations actually don't change over and over again, that you meet that moment, you watch it, you feel it, you embody it. And then in order to really be present for the next moment, there has to be a letting go. And of course, I mean, even if those particles dissolving back into it continuously don't arise for you, everyone has experienced a calming of um, the mind, you know, whether it's the state of tranquility or calmness or less anxiety. And there is always that subtle inclination to want more. And that's a, a subtler way in which we meet that second noble truth that keeps arising over and over again. And we begin to look at it in subtler and subtler ways. And in the looking, in the, in the experiencing in these subtle ways, it begins to dissolve even more. So, um, again, it, 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 it may feel counterintuitive, but um, it's not to reach for something. It's really just to go in again. So we have a few announcements. Um, those of you who were not able to move your tents yesterday, even though we only have one more evening, um, you're asked to move your tents just to create some air for the ground and the grass um, today. And um, the kitchen would like a lunch count of how many people will be here for lunch and would like to have lunch here tomorrow. So if you could raise your hand so that the managers can count. Who's not? Oh, who's not? Okay.
And the last announcement is um, really, again, a re-invitation into the preciousness of this time. That it's so easy um, to be leaning out, and you can even feel it as the retreat begins to um, feel as if it's ending. And you can be planning, or you can be thinking about the drive back, or what you... And so, really, the invitation is really to be you here today as, a, as, a t- as opposed to being tomorrow. And part of that invitation to relax into today is again to just reaffirm our um, commitment to each other's practice in, in holding it in silence, in just holding it tenderly in this container. So, um, even if there is that urge to connect, I mean, there will be opportunities after the retreat to do so. But really to, to hold that space for all of us, whether it's notes, whether it's um, sort of even talking with someone that, and, and you're removed from the rest of the sangha, it still um, is is so precious of a time. They say that silence is such a precious thing and so delicate, you know, that it breaks as soon as you say the word. So, so really um, treat it with kindness and, um, and our highest intentions for being together. And it's so greatly appreciated by all of us.